Hey guys, this is Julian of Julian Gray Media. Welcome to the Julian Gray Podcast. Today we have Robbie and Max on. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves and then uh, we'll get right into it. You first, Max. What's up, guys? Uh, I'm Max Middleman and I am a voice actor. And um, uh, a couple of my roles that you might know me from, I, I play the One Punch Man, Saitama. Um, I am Ryuji in Persona 5 and Harry Osborn in Spider-Man and, uh, and a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, I'm also a, a voice actor t- talking to a microphone guy for a living. Yeah. And uh, I play uh, Spider-Man on Spider-Man with him as my as my best buddy. And I'm also One Punch Man, but uh, no, I'm not the One Punch Man. <laughs> You're the One Punch Man. In yeah. the alternate version. Yeah, yeah. In, in, a, in, a, in a worser world. They did a recast, and uh, they, there's a second <laughs> version floating out there somewhere. Yeah, a lot worse. Uh, and I play Moomin Rider in One Punch Man. And, uh, and I'm also Tuxedo Mask in Sailor Moon. And uh, uh, Max and I share a bunch credits together in anime and animation and uh and this is my my dog zelda hi how are you uh she decided she Hello. wants to be in the podcast uh and uh yeah man we're we're here we're you here to talk can to you find um you guys can find their full uh i guess filmography what do you call it in in tv yeah that's right sure our voiceography a, a filmography yeah, a voiceography you you're just making whatever up they call a discography in film and tv <laughs> On uh, IMDb, <laughs> that is Which right. Is pretty cool. Yeah, or just Google us. That's the easiest way, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, just there's too cool. You have to Google them to find their information. <laughs> IMDb is our friend. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, why don't you tell us about yourselves? Uh, how did you get into voice acting? Like, what inspired that career decision when you were, I guess, getting started? Hmm. I wasn't good at anything, uh, and actually, that's not true. No, it is true. I wasn't good at anything. And so I uh, came across voiceover. I did four years of pre-med in uh, college. And uh, after four years, I was like uh, not enjoying it. I was failing. (laughs) I was failing everything. (laughs) And that's the real reason (laughs) I I I didn't do voiceover. I couldn't cut it as a doctor. Uh, But but, yeah, so... um, I I discovered voiceover and and uh, it was something that I was really passionate about and I was doing a lot of acting classes in college and so I jumped ship switched my major from whatever it was biology or kinesiology or whatever I was doing at the time I switched it five times so uh, so let me ask you like what was your first like voiceover project or do you even remember my first voiceover project I did. Um, I was filling in for um, an actor on Ultimate Spider-Man, actually. Um, oh wow! And uh, and I, I did a little bit of the Rhino on Ultimate okay. Spider-Man. Yeah. Mm. But my first original project was on a show called Transformers Rescue Bots, where I played one of the Autobots called Blur. That's very cool. Yeah. And uh, what about you, uh, Robbie? Yeah, uh, my first job was a pilot for Warner Brothers right when I moved out to L.A. in 2007 after grad school. So wow. I, I was on a pretty straight theater track my whole life. I, I, <laughs> for a second, I was thinking, a pilot a pilot for Warner Brothers. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh, you're flying planes. I was a pilot for, for Warner Brothers. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, if you look to your right, you'll see the water tower. Uh, but no, uh, I was on a pretty straight theater path, acting path my whole life. I went to undergrad for it, got my BA. I went to master's program, uh, got my MFA, and uh, taught the whole time and basically paid my, my bills for my whole life from when I was about 14 to about 24 with theater. And then... Uh, wow. Yeah, and then I left. Uh, I left grad school, came out to LA, 2007. Like I said, graduated. I was 25, and um, booked a, a pilot for Warner Brothers like right out the gate. Uh, like like first. So you guys of- really hit it, guns a blazing. <laughs> yeah, but but the addendum is. Uh, the pilot didn't go, and then the writer strike in LA happened. So, <laughs> oh, so I was like, "This is gonna be easy," yeah. and then everything imploded. That's the uh, maj- that's majority right. of pilots that we book. Uh, oh yeah, don't go. No, most of them. That's just that's just the way it is. Yeah, I, I booked I booked like seven and had one one actually. Go. I had I booked eight and one of them actually went through. Yeah. Well, then I struggled in LA for about two years, and then around in 2009, I started um, working a lot more steadily. And then about 2010, mm-hmm. I was able to. Um, 
to give up sort of any side jobs I might have had. I was teaching at the New York Film Academy. I was bartending. I was catering. Like all the actor cliches. Yeah. 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 But um, yeah. I was able wow, to. Yeah. I was able to let them go about eight years ago. So y your dog is making my nose itch, and it kind of probably looks like I do drugs. <laughs> I keep doing Come this on. and like sniffling. Go on, get, get out of here. Go on, get. She's oh, not gonna. Man, she's not gonna she's leave. Not gonna leave. <laughs> she's not gonna leave. She's in it. So for the the musician kids watching this video that might not be versed in like I guess the media, the film and and TV industry, what what how would you define a pilot? Oh sure. Oh, a pilot is just uh, the first episode that a network does to pitch it, uh, or or the first episode that anybody does to pitch to a network to, yeah. um, you know, a creator will, for for voiceover anyway. Um, they have an idea, they get a cast together, they record it, and they animate it, um, and they take that finished product and try to shop it around and see if right. anyone will buy. And it's pretty unique to television because television is serialized. I'm not aware of it. There's no such thing as a pilot movie unless it's like a concept right, trailer. Right. It, it would be the musical Conceptualizing equivalent. a storyboard or whatever. Yeah, I mean, the movie yeah. or the music equivalent would be if someone said to, you know, any music kids like, hey, we like your stuff. Uh, you have an idea for a concept album. Make us one single. Yeah. And then if, right. if, you're, if your single hits or if some higher ups like your single... Then we'll, then we'll let make you make an album. Tape. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll let you make an album. album. Right. Yeah, yeah. So that's sort of the equivalent of what a pilot is. And um, I would say not even one in ten of them goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So We'd do be... you do you actually when you're when you're making a pilot is it is it only voiceover and storyboard or do you actually go out and and animate the entire? Well, we thing? don't. I mean, but, but they do for you all. Yeah, yeah. They'll 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 typically finish it. Yeah. Unless it's just they just know right away it's not good. Right. Right. But right. most so of the time, so it's a release ready pro product then. Oh yeah, and it'll pilot, right. it'll it'll we we call it canned or shelved if it doesn't get yeah. that. And it's literally they they from the old school film term they put the film in a can and stick it on a shelf and nobody ever sees it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah literally yeah. canned. Literally canned. Yeah. yeah. So I was gonna ask, um, over the years of your voice acting, uh, if you had to pick one project, like like a pinnacle project of your career, what is like the most favorite? projects you've worked on or the things that you're most proud of in your in your voice acting career that's tough it that's we always say that's like picking children yeah because you know? yeah. we I, I anyway I, I enjoy every project I do for a different reason and I think that's why I love voiceover so much is hmm. because there's so much variety in what I get to do one day right you know I'm playing a creature the next um, or same day I'm playing like you know uh, uh, really down to earth if it's for a video game the tone of the game can be really cinematic and 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 gritty, and I love that. At the same time, I mm -hmm. love doing like the really broad mm -hmm. uh, co comedy stuff for for animated TV shows for like Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon. Um, so I, I can't really. I have trouble picking one thing that I. Yeah, stand I at. couldn't do one. I mean, hopefully, I, hopefully, I haven't <laughs> hit my pinnacle yet. Yeah. yeah, that's depressing because after that, you know where it goes from there. <laughs> right. But, uh, yeah. Some of my favorites. I mean, Spider Man's one of my favorites. So it's one of my favorite characters, and I get to work with Max, and he's one of my friends in real life. So that's just been a, a, a blast. Rescue Bots was one of my favorites. I was also on that show. That was one of my first reoccurring animated shows as well. Uh, what else? Uh, anime World. I love One Punch Man. You know, yeah. that's, that was really a blast working on. And uh, so, like, if if like, yeah. let's say, like, a fan comes up to you and asks, or or they identify you with a character, oh. who would that be? That's e that's easier. Uh, I would <laughs> say for me, it would be Prompto from Final Fantasy Fifteen, Akechi okay. from Persona Five, uh, Tuxedo Mask from Sailor Moon, and Spider Man. Probably be my top four. Yeah, and. Uh, for me, I don't have any fans that come up to me. So, <laughs> uh, but you're One Punch Man. Not true. Not uh, true. For me, it's probably One Punch Man and Ryuji from Persona 5. Yep. And I guess all the stuff I named at the top. King from Seven Deadly Sins. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, what is, what's another one you get a lot? Uh, oh, I, oh a Plague, Plague from, from Miraculous Lady, Ladybug. Ladybug. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's got a big fandom. So do you have any, like, obscure stories? I know you guys go, like you tour around with this as voice actors as you represent these characters people recognize the characters so you guys do conventions and things like that do you have any like interesting stories or or just tell me about you know the convention experience it's very different from us musicians that are just like play an hour set and then we get to chill out you guys 
are really involved. You know what though? I wouldn't say it's that different. Yeah, I mean, we're we're involved the whole weekend. It'd be more like playing like a festival or something where you got a couple of shows several but, times. Right, several yeah, times. Right. But the but the monetary aspect of it, it's very much what music has shifted to in the last 15 years or so. Cuz um, you know, my my fiance Megan uh, worked for Interscope when we both came out here in LA. Oh, wow. Yeah, she was um, she was uh, in their publicity department, a small department, and she handled you know at the time it was like you know Robin Thicke and like Lady Gaga and, and all Dang, of their, wow all of their Interscope artists. And she was she in management small, or uh, they handled all their publicity. So she okay. worked. She, she was like Jimmy IV was up here, and then a few other like two two other guys were up here, and then she had a little team of four. So if if those artists were gonna go anywhere. But, and and she was there basically when it all imploded too, so you know obviously your listeners know or your or your viewers know that you know it used to be you'd make an album, you you'd do a tour to promote an album and you'd make your money right. from your album sales. But it's very backwards now. It's totally music. backwards now. Now you know everybody streams everything, and before they were yeah. ste- stealing everything. So there's not a lot of money to be made in actual in making album sales. making right. an album sales. It's a buck a track, you know. And and by the time one person buys it, a hundred people download it. So or just right. stream it or stream it. Right, which is pennies. So it's right. it's gone back to what it was in like the 30s and 40s, in in, in which you made your money touring you made your money from shows right yeah you made your money playing out and um and while we still have cartoons and video games that are that are that still pay pretty well those all that stuff um Mm -hmm. we can now supplement our income by doing these conventions and that's sort of the format for that you know what's funny like one of the parallels is um is uh rez posted on twitter the other day how now she's headlining festivals and she doesn't have, uh, she used to have all this time after she performed or did a set to hang out with friends and like have a good time. Fans, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, now, and now that she's headlining, she does, she just wants to go back to her t- hotel or like nobody's up or whatever. That's kind of like we do late shows on Saturday nights. It sucks. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and then when we're done with the show, we're so conked out, we just want to go to sleep. I actually just saw her, uh, I think, last Saturday. Oh, like Maybe last Friday. in performance? I, in I saw her perform, yeah. She's too cool for me to hang out with. Yeah. Well, I did I did hang out with Feed Me though. Once she sees cool. once she sees this video. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, we just totally bumped up her totally street cred. Give you a call. Dude, yeah, the street cred. <laughs> nerd Dude, cred. Rez is, Rez gonna, is gonna be yeah. You're gonna get mad nerd cred from this, man. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll go into like Comic Con, I'll be like a celebrity. Oh yeah, totally. That no, you won't. Totally, you'll we're get, not even celebrities at Comic Con. You'll get your own table. <laughs> People come up to you, and be like, "So you really did a podcast with Ray and Robbie?" Favorite convention, or I guess con. Mmm. Mmm. Do you have a favorite? Favorite con? I have lots of. I like them all. Yeah. They're all special for their own reasons. Yeah. yeah. And that I mean, sounds like the PC a cool, answer. A cool experience was when we went to New Zealand. Yeah, that was a we good did, one. We did a con in New Zealand, and we got to tour around oh, wow. uh, northern New Zealand, so that was fun. Yeah, that was a good one. Super fun. Yeah, yeah, we were there for about two weeks. That was a good one. Uh, I did Australia a couple years ago. That was a blast. But, like, I like going to – sometimes I'll have a killer time in, like, you know, Texas yeah. or, or you know, Detroit right. or something I like that. I guess it all depends on the, the turnout of the fans and, you know. Yeah, and sometimes the small ones can be fun, too, for their own reasons. They're a little bit less – like I did one, I did a pretty big show last weekend, and all I did was just sign the whole time and do like programming. So, so I didn't have any time to like really tour around the city or hang out with anybody or have a nice dinner or anything like that. And then sometimes you go to a smaller con, and you know you feel like just you get to know the relaxed. fans. Yeah, you get to know yeah. the fans a little better, and they they all have their benefits. Yeah, but it's always fun. We get to travel somewhere cool for sure. Have you all ever done Oticon? We have done Otakon. Yeah. Yeah. At together, yeah. together. We that's did. one of the only ones I've been to. That's that's a big one. That's which the one, well, biggest one in the Northeast. Which okay, one? In Vegas it. or? Um, yeah, she's like. You gotta go. She, East Coast one. She's you can't sit. Um, which one? I'm going to let, let her out. <laughs> the one on the East I'm Coast. I'm going to break away. Okay. Give us a second. We're going to let this dog out. No, no. Talk to her. Talk, 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 talk. She's talking about Otakon in Baltimore. Ah! Uh, Zelda, come on right now. Go. Let's go. You're getting the boot. Come on. You're getting the boot. Yeah. Otakon in Baltimore. That's the one we went to. When did you go? Perfect. I went in uh, 2015, I think. 
2015. We went while in back. 2016, I want to say. I missed we you by missed one you. year. Yeah. Get wrecked. So when you guys are working on, I guess, different projects like uh, video games and movies or, or I guess, TV shows, how do they differ like in a workflow scenario? Because I know that there's a lot more involved with making a game. Or am I completely ignorant to that? Well, there, it, it's different processes. Difference between making a game, making animation, mm. animated programs. Totally uh, different, yeah. Uh, I don't know. How would you have Well, um, typically we're alone in a video game session unless it's motion capture. Uh, in, in animated sessions, we're, uh, it's a, usually a group record. Um, anime, we're usually alone. Um, a season of television... Takes about a year, I would say, mm -hmm. for a cartoon, and uh, right. and a video game could take about a year to record. A year to record, and then and maybe then, do pickups. Yeah, and then for anime, I can imagine video games would be like less linear, though. Like you have you have more to record. Definitely depends on the game. Yeah, yeah. Some games you just walk through a story, like Final Fantasy. You just right. walk through the story, and then you might end up doing a ton of like sort of situational dialogue. Mm -hmm. but do you guys do like actual foley for the characters, or is that someone else doing that? Like grunts and and pants and things like that. We unfortunately we do not have stunt uh, vocal uh, performers. Stunt grunters. <laughs> stunt grunts. Stunt grunts. Stunt grunts. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, we do all that ourselves. Yeah, yeah. That's all. We call them uh, efforts. Uh, yeah. And and that's typically what we'll do there. Uh, foley, the sound effect part of it. That's usually. That's usually a different foley, department. It's usually a foley artist, one right, one right. really weird, talented dude or guy or dude or girl in a uh, in a room full of weird stuff, making yeah. weird noises. But we do That's our so own. So fascinating to me. Yeah, we do foley, our own yells yeah. and and mm -hmm. screams and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess that makes it more uh, canon or yeah, kind of cohesive mm -hmm. because you yeah. guys do all the, I guess those yourselves. Well, That's cool. the celebs don't sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Like they don't. So they, they'll so, have stunt grunters for sure. Yeah. That's a very interesting. Yeah. And, and I guess on a TV show, it's, it's more like just multiple takes of the same lines. Um, well, we do TV shows like like they're a radio play. So, yes, we have right. a bunch of people in a room and we actually go from top to bottom. So we'll start at the mm -hmm. beginning of a of a of a show mm -hmm. and we'll take like two or three pages of dialogue. And we'll run it all together with other people in the room. And that gives us a chance to react off of each other and make it sound real and live. And it doesn't happen all the so time it's like, like a, that. It's kind of like a reading circle with microphones. Yeah, you could say that. Yeah. In a way. Yeah, but, but it's, like a screenplay reading. Yeah, but I would say it's less like a screenplay reading in the sense that we're going full out. Like if you go to see right. like a typical staged reading like – it, they, it might be the first time they're seeing it, or it'll be a little it's bit. It's just the characters reading yeah. the dialogue versus actually acting it out. Yeah, when we're in there, our final product, whatever their circle takes are, usually what ends up going on screen. Yeah, yeah, right. That would be the that would be the key that would be the key difference. So we have to familiarize ourselves with the scripts a little bit more before we go in there, and we make a lot of choices on the fly and and character choices on the fly and stuff like that. But mostly, it's you know. It's a little bit of prep, and so they, they, it's it's largely you guys don't improvise much. Then depends on the show. We can, yeah. Okay. There's there's room for that sometimes. Um, I'd say definitely on the more comedic shows uh, yeah. or shows that have a lot more comedy, they want you to improvise. They yeah. want you to to put some ad libs in and 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 make it come to life and make it funny and 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 bring your personality to the character because that's why they hire you ultimately mm -hmm. is because they like the way. That you perform the character, they they like how what you're you approach, doing, and, and they right. like your sensibilities and how you approach it. Yeah, so um, how you approach the characters or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's room for that. So in voice acting, you guys have agents similar to screen actors. Mm -hmm. Almost how identical. Does that, how exactly <laughs> yeah. does that work? It's identical yeah. to screen actors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is they, it? They, well, they take the same amount of money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, they they're great. They, they get us. They they get us auditions. Mm -hmm. They execute mm -hmm. the contracts. Mm -hmm. Um, and they, they pitch us for certain projects if we're right for them. They pitch They'll us. They'll push us. They, They'll negotiate. Mm -hmm. They fight for us. Mm -hmm. um, I love my agents because. Uh, they got my back. I feel you know yeah. that's that's the point. I think of having a good agent is someone who really has your back and mm -hmm. trusts you, and you can trust them. So yeah, I was always I was always curious of how that world is different from voice acting. I guess 
not too much of a difference at all. No, they, 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 the only reason that you would differentiate them is because they just specialize in a niche area of the market. So right. my agency has a really sort of, uh, we're, a, we're a smaller agent. Well, we're a very well-known agency, but we're smaller for just the boots on the ground voice actors, but we have a huge celebrity department. So we have a bunch of movie stars, voiceover actors, and they have their own agent and they get some of the same stuff we do, but sometimes they don't, but it's very much the same. So you might have a movie star who's, who's repped across the board for TV, film, anything on camera, and then they'll have a specialty voiceover agent that just handles voiceover stuff because it is such a specific little little part of the entertainment world mm -hmm. yeah have you guys ever considered doing screen acting or strictly voice we're both over? we're both trained in in screen acting sure i did i did some for my first couple <clears throat> years mm -hmm. in la yeah I, I did some as well uh but you just became more comfortable in voice work or not necessarily more comfortable yeah. but we kind of fell into it um we found that we right. had a, a unique talent for it because there's not uh i'd say not every screen actor mm -hmm. can um I don't, I don't want to be... Well, it's, it's whether you can just say it, because it's the reverse, too. Sometimes you yeah. put a screen actor in yeah. front of a microphone yeah. and they fall apart. But sometimes you put a voice actor who's never done any on-camera stuff in front of a camera and they fall apart. They fall apart, and, right. and, and even though they're both actors, it's just a different skill set. You wouldn't want to put every... You wouldn't want to put every like little intimate film actor on, on stage, mm -hmm. either, maybe. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They might not do very well there. So... Um, I don't think you have to be good at all of it to be good at, at one or the other. So I've seen I've seen on camera people come in and do a voiceover session. People that I like that I that yeah. I respect as good actors, and you go, oh man, it's just a train. Everyone has yeah. unique talents. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Even in in any genre of media, I guess. Yeah. Music especially. Yeah. <laughs> Same abs thing. Absolutely. How about you guys uh, give me like a a one liner? In the voice of one of your favorite characters. How about you play us something from one of your songs? Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> uh, well, the the character I was doing today, his voice was way up here, and he was sort of just like, kind of like a quiet sort of urban guy, but he's real high pitch, like almost almost like uh, like Mike Tysony almost. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. But like you do all sorts of. You do dumb stuff. The first thing Max ever did with me, he was doing like a full-on monster voice. I was doing well before that was the Poltergoose. Oh, the Poltergoose. That's right. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That character, <laughs> which I'm not gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Poltergoose. I actually don't mind doing it. It's a throat but, shredder. But like, like he was a he was supposed to be annoying. Um, yeah, they like cast was, the right guy. Yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> you know, typecast. What do I? What can I say? Um, um, yeah, the uh, the Poltergoose. Uh, the Poltergoose. Dude, his, dude, his catchphrase was. Honk! <laughs> uh, and he would talk like this, and he would annoy the other characters on the show. And uh, he would, like, knock stuff over and yeah. literally that just sounds be sounds nothing like Max. It's unbelievable. It's like you just turn on that voice. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's fun. We, we have that's, – that's – well, you, going back to your last question, that's a big reason why I decided to do this. I mean, like, I look a certain way. You look a certain way. Everybody looks a certain way. Right. And on camera, that's really – um that's really a huge part of what it's all about. It's like so, you put on a persona. Yeah, and and when you're behind the microphone, you get to let all of that go away. And it doesn't matter that I'm a 220 pound Indian. I can play like a. I can <laughs> Native, play Native American. Native American. Native American. Uh, I can play like a. I can play like a, a little kid, or I can play a big giant monster, or it, it doesn't matter. I can play mm -hmm. a white guy, black guy, brown guy, any kind of guy. Uh, or I can only, girl. I can only play a white guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not necessarily true. <laughs> exactly. Not necessarily true. But um, yeah, that's one of the freeing things about voiceover that I I really appreciate. I think I think it's largely the same for musicians too. Under different aliases, they can kind of a uh, they put on a persona of of what. Totally, like Garth Brooks yeah. and Chris Gaines. I mean, just... Yep. <laughs> I'm kidding. I was kidding, by the way. Uh, yeah, nobody gets that 90s reference. No one that's watching your vlog I was born it. in 1990. Yeah, my audience isn't old <laughs> enough. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of music, the reason we, we initially met is because they wanted to do Ableton lessons with me. What kind of got you interested in, in music and production and that sort of that end of the industry when you're already so invested in voiceover that's been part of my I, I guess both of us it's been part of our lives mm -hmm. forever um since we were kids i i took six years of piano lessons and um two years of playing in you know a band in 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 high school and uh, nice. um and then I, it was always something that i was interested like creating 
uh, music and especially electronic music was something I was always interested in and I never I never pursued it I never went after it and Mm -hmm. I just decided that um, I'm at a good place in my career where I I can now I I can do that and there's no there's little risk in doing it and even if it's not something that is necessarily lucrative it's something that is to me very fulfilling and right. I, you know i was saying like like you can't just sort of walk into a voiceover booth and be like i feel like making some voiceover today uh, but you can yeah, yeah. go walk up to a piano and, or um you know open up ableton and, and be like i want to create a song create you know? music right yeah yeah it's a different art form for sure mm-hmm. well a it's different a, way of expression and it's always been a part of of Ever, I grew up with music. I mean, like that's how my family and I celebrated. Yeah. My grandpa would play piano, my mom would play guitar, and then some family member would jump on drums or sax. But somebody was always just playing a jam session. A right. jam, oh, at, like an old school, like not country music, but like country jam session. Mm-hmm. Like that's all I ever did. And I, you know, I was in you know multiple bands in high school and college, and even in grad school. And then I've been lucky enough. Uh, in my voiceover to occur be able to sing in a bunch of shows that I do and I oh, do Oh wow that's that's a really interesting avenue. Yeah and cuz you're singing as the character. And it's funny for uh, you know I've maybe sang in I don't know uh, a dozen a dozen animated projects and video games and stuff and I've right. done I've done 150 of them so you know it's only 10% but the, you know the second thing that pops up on Google is is Robbie Damon singing. Mm-hmm. So I mean that wow. just that just shows how much people like gravitate toward music so when max right so when max came to me and said hey i i want to learn ableton i was like yeah i'll do my best but he's just been charging he's been charging ahead with it so so max is actually one of the best students i've ever had in terms of like progression and being on top of things so what were we talking about wait a second i'm I'm gonna go back (laughs) to where i was ending yeah i'll get it uh so like i was saying uh before the break Max has really taken the lead on all the music stuff, and uh, he's just, um, he's the one who really sort of went for it. So, you know, we both have a music background, and he's been taking classes and and obviously working with you, and he's really getting Ableton Unlock, and I'm just slowly behind him sort of plodding along, learning the, the, the basics so that if we come in and decide to do some music together, at least when he's working Ableton, I won't be just an idiot wondering right. what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll I'll rely on him to to be the main engineer, but I'll be able to participate musically if I at least understand the basics of the of the software. And you've got some I background think. in Pro Tools anyway, which is yeah, we're recording in Pro Tools right now. <laughs> I hope that once you guys like get more invested into music, that you like somehow incorporate your voice acting. Uh, that would be fun. Wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, freaking uh, no mana for Mousetrap. He's uh, one of their bigger artists over there. He actually tweeted at me. Um, he totally wants Max to do like a one punch man vocal pack. Oh, <laughs> for, yeah. For him to like just get like some like really silly, uh, I don't know, like Japanese esque. <laughs> Yeah, sensei vocals would be sick. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't speak Japanese, <laughs> but esque, esque, so the English version. Would that be like dub dubstep? I don't know. Dub, yeah. dub, <laughs> dub, dubstep, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> dub step. Yeah. So, um, who are your who are some of your biggest inspirations in in voice acting, and I guess now music as well? In Voice acting. Yeah. I. Oh man, there's so many. Uh, so I think we're both fortunate enough that we've gotten to work with like yeah pretty much all the people that inspired us to. That's really incredible. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I should name some names. I name guess. Name some names. Like yeah. uh, on Transformers Rescue Bots, I got to work with um, Maurice Lamarche. Yep. Who's the brain from Pinky and the Brain? And he's on—he's like half the voices on Futurama and wow. so many other things. Yeah, um, Toucan Sam and nice. uh, Steve Bloom. Um, his, uh, his one of his really popular characters was um, 
from Cowboy Bebop and the name Spike. Oh, wow. Spike Spiegel. Yeah, Orochimaru on uh, Naruto. On, uh, Naruto. Uh, and then yeah. just well, and Wolverine forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, but he's also one of the most prolific voice actors uh, ever. He's yeah. in, in, in that's been really a cool. Stuff. Yeah. yeah, and without I mean, without naming every character from every voice actor, like a few of the other ones that like I for I I worked with at the beginning was like Jason Marsden, sure, and DC Douglas, Jeff and Bennett. Jeff Bennett. That's a huge one for me. Yeah. Uh, Rob Paulson is a huge mm-hmm. one for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, sort of some more modern people like Eric Bauza is one of my, I think one of the most talented people in the business right now. Um, There's just a lot of, there's a lot of great people that you get to work with. Um, I would say musically for me, um, one of my favorite, we talked about this a little bit before Julian, one of my favorite, favorite bands is Chromio. And I think it's, I think it's because I grew up on, uh, like funk and Motown and um, like sort of like late 70s disco but also like R&B and, and blues and soul and then like in the early 2000s all of a sudden here comes this band Chromeo, right? that, yeah Chromio that plays this music that's all the things that I love mixed with like modern electro funk and I was just like they're one of my favorite bands like mm-hmm. whenever I get a chance to see them I'll, I'll go see yeah them. the first I time I came out to visit LA uh, my friend works at this venue, and he, I was fortunate enough to get on stage with Chromio and Miha. Awesome. And and that oh, was, wow. like, one of the biggest, like, okay, I have to move to L.A. moments yeah. for me. When I visited here yeah. and I was on stage with Chromio, I'm seeing, like, Dave, like, freaking going in on I, – I think he was DJing. Yeah. But, like, yeah, they're an incredible band, one of my favorites, too. What yeah. about you, Max? Who are your musical inspirations? Oh, Chromio is also a big one. I think whatever music I make or we make together would be something with an element of funk in there. Yeah. You know, so there's some sort of funky uh, stuff going on in the music because um, it's a lot of the stuff that I like, too. Um, electronic artist-wise, mm-hmm. I really like uh, Porter Robinson and Maddion. Very and, cool guys. Mm-hmm, and Justice, oh, yeah. um, one of my big ones. Mm-hmm. And, I, I mean, Dead Mouse as well. Dead Mouse. Hey. Uh, I mean, he was probably one of the first guys that I yeah. He's a legend. Obsessive. Him, him and the Skrillex, classic guys. Mm-hmm. I remember, but th- now I'm gonna date myself though. I remember when r- legit electronic music was coming in to Vegas in the club scene before the sort of ultra lounge yeah. mega DJ club scene really blew up. And back then, I was listening to guys like Seb Fontaine and Paul Oakenfold. Wow, the legends. Yeah, like the really sort the of old classic. school house legends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and some of their stuff that that I was listening to was the first time that I actually really listened to electronic music. That's really cool that you got in before it was cool. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) Well, some of that stuff was really – well, I remember before dubstep, um, my buddy was showing me some sort of like underground stuff, and it was before dubstep was ever a thing, and it was this electronic music, but it had that deep – it literally sounded like somebody recorded an electric razor and then changed it and – it would five years later would become what would become as what we think Dubstep. of as like modern modern bass like mm-hmm. modern like you know yeah because it was never that before yeah I was and, fortunate um, enough to get into it right before the the rise of like Skrillex yeah and I I witnessed like his first EP on Mousetrap when it first came oh, wow. out and um so I, I I I don't know I was like. 11 or 12 at the time and like i was listening to house music and then i saw the dubstep rise which is cool i and i guess that was kind of before it was cool as well yeah but you kind of kind of got us all trumped with the paul oakenfold <laughs> <laughs> well some of my old school influences were like um the crystal method oh yeah and Classics. uh dj oh. shadow uh infected oh, mushroom infected mushroom yeah I mean, yeah that was a big one for i me. saw yes. them a few months back yeah Oh wow! But but don't make me bust out my uh, my old like CD collection. Oh yeah, <laughs> you feel like you'd have to like immediately put a pacifier in your mouth, like you're going to a like a late '90s rave. Uh, but yeah, man, it's just it's really cool to see that electronic music that used to be something that only like club rats and 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 rave kids. It was an underground to. thing. Yeah, yeah, as an, as an underground thing. Yeah, literally, like I would get in college, I would get like burned like CDs that somebody downloaded off Mixed Napster. CDs, right. Y- yeah. yeah, yeah, like but stuff that nobody else was listening to that you couldn't really hear anywhere else. Yeah. And um it's it is cool to see the way it's become become popular and mainstream and now all the different variations. Max's 
you know, Max is seven, eight years younger than me, eight years younger, I think. Wow. And he uh, he was introducing me to some stuff that I'd heard maybe a year or two ago, but I forgot. And and now they've blown up and they're these huge artists. Mm. Uh, that It's really awesome to see that stuff, the yeah. way it's evolved. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So piggybacking off of that, like what are some of your favorite songs or albums of all time? All time? If you oh, had man. to pick a top maybe five... Oh, that's tough. That's really tough. I think Rage Against the Machine Evil Empire is one of my favorites of all time. Uh, I would say that uh, I would say that Smokey Robinson's Greatest Hits is one of the best albums ever Mm. made. Uh, I would say that one of my uh, Michael Jackson's Thriller is one of my favorite albums ever. Uh, mm, God, it's like God, all the things that you have to pick from. Right. Um, Yeah. mm, I did a video mm. a few weeks back on my top 10 artists of all time, and it was just brutal trying to narrow it down. And you had time to research. These really are just off the top of my head. I can give you three artists. I can't even give you albums. Okay. But three of my favorite artists ever yeah. are um, Muse. Mm. Nice. Foo Fighters mm-hmm. and Michael Grohl. Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those are my... Th- are three of my favorite artists of all time. But so growing up, you, you were to listening to more rock and. Growing up, I was listening to all oldies. So oh man, uh, yeah, Same. lots of Beatles, classic rock, for yeah, classic yeah. rock. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah, Motown, R and B, classic rock, I, and I think that's largely due to my parents. I would say, like their yes. musical influence came down on me a little there, bit. There's a radio Same. station here in LA called K Earth 101. Oh yeah, and mm-hmm. they just play oldies, and that was. My entire childhood. Yeah, K Earth's still one of the best radio stations to ever exist. Yeah, like yeah. I knew about I knew about K Earth before I even like back when I was like DJing in undergrad in college, like uh like radio DJ DJing, mm-hmm. like because you would talk about see what was being played and like. But the sad part is, is uh now some stuff from when I was like in middle school is now on the oldie station and that's just scary. Yeah. <laughs> no. What is it? It's, what is because over twenty five years old, right? right? It's and, it, old it's, now. and it's going to be on the classic, like the oldie station, and like all of a sudden they'll be playing like Nirvana yeah. on the oldie station. Like, wait, wait, oh, what? No, right? What, what's happening? That's when you know. <laughs> That's when you just cash it in. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. Or they they're playing Missy Elliott on the oh, yeah. oldie station. Yeah, right. You're like, yeah. why? Yeah. Oh, and hip hop, hip hop, and R and B was a huge. Inf- I would say. As much as classic rock and and Motown and funk, I have just as much like '90s hip hop, rap, rap, hip hop, yeah. and and R and B. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely grew up in that as well, being from yeah. DC, where that's a predominant genre. <clears throat> oh yeah, yeah. So so you guys, I I think Max, you're from LA, yeah. I am, yeah. Yeah, where Born are you from, uh, Robbie? Uh, I'm originally from St. Louis. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, Missouri. And if you're talking about now, if we're talking music and you're talking about God, my parents will ever hear this, they'd murder me. When I was in high school, uh, like young high school, yeah. I would go into St. Louis, uh, hop on the metro and go to East St. Louis. And I would see uh, Nelly and the St. Lunatics play in like uh, Soulard on the Missouri side and then on the Illinois side just to hear before they blew up and when, when like before like dirty Southern rap and mm-hmm. like St. Louis rap was a thing. And like, that is nothing that any like 14 year old, 15 year old should be yeah, doing. Yeah. It's going to East St. Louis in the, in the, in the late nineties. Yeah. <laughs> it was a, not a, alone, not a right? safe. Yeah. Not a safe. Well, I wasn't, I usually wasn't alone. I usually okay, had a little crew that I would go good. with, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but yeah, man, uh, there was there's good music there's good music uh, there but there's good music everywhere I guess. And you moved out here in you said 2007. Uh yeah but but I, I traveled all around basically I left Missouri when I was 19 and and traveled 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 for for six or seven years between like college and doing theater and stuff like if that. If Robbie told you his whole life story, you'd think he's <laughs> lived two lives. <laughs> oh, at this point. I've done a lot of stuff, man. Yeah. So, Don't worry. So the in eight actual... or nine years, you'll have lived two lives. <laughs> yeah. So the so the media brought you out here. Then the it's it's. I mean, listen. Outside of New York and maybe maybe Chicago and Atlanta, maybe uh, there's nowhere else we can really do what we do full time. There's nothing like Hollywood. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just it, New York used to be a lot more. Oh, Canada, but we're not Canadian, so. Right. 
you know, you'd have to go up there and, and, you know, expatriate to do cartoons up there. But, um, but no, I came out to LA because it's the only place you can do it. Can, I, t- can I tell you something? That's it. Didn't know expatriate was a verb. I get, can you, I guess, right? Oh, you're not an expatriate. To expatriate. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh-huh. a verb. Interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't know. <laughs> <we could> verb, <laughs> sorry. Verb. Sorry. I'm sorry. We're geeking. We're nerding out over here. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and then, uh, Max, you, what part of LA are you originally from? I was born in Santa Monica and, uh, wow. grew up in, uh, in the San Fernando Valley. Mm. Wow. So you're, you've been here your whole life. Yeah. Yeah. My whole life. My, I'm like third generation or, yeah, se- second, third generation Californian. I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> third, ge- third generation. Well, your grandparents from here, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. There you go. Yeah. Wow, that's there insane. Yeah. Well, that's really fortunate to to grow up in this city. I think. I, I this is where I've always wanted to be. Yeah. I just didn't know it until I got here. And I don't want to be anywhere else. So I guess so. Yeah. yeah. I, I I mean I remember you know just applying for colleges and being like I don't want to leave California. I don't really want to go there. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I think I got a full ride to somewhere in, in Colorado, and my parents were like, so you're going there, right? And I was like, no. No. <laughs> Why would you ever think that? Yeah. I was born Colorado's in- great. I think Colo- oh, Colorado's Colorado's great. about as close as you can get to California. California, it, but the, it's in the mountains. The people or whatever, yeah. But it's like, I, cold, I, right? I couldn't, I couldn't take too the cold. cold. I, too cold. I grew yeah. up where no in way. winter a cold day is seventy three. Right, you know, right. 70, yeah. 73 degrees. So like, um, it, yeah, I, I. You weren't ready for the cold, cold. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and as it was, like, I went to Berkeley, UC Berkeley, my first semester, and I still came down. Like after my first semester, I was like, you know what? I'd rather be in, be in LA. So. Yeah, I mean, it's just there's so much entertainment here, and you you feel it everywhere that you go. Whether you're you're you yeah, know going absolutely. going for a co- going for a coffee and there's half a dozen people writing screenplays in the corner. I mean, or you know you go out to lunch. Yeah, I never think about that, but it is true. Yeah, you, you go, you it's go like, like uh, a, yeah. Me and my friends have an ongoing joke that like every Uber driver here is like an <laughs> aspiring artist. It's like to the T. I think every single one I've taken here is like that. Dude, I if there had been Uber here when I moved to LA, I definitely yep. would have been your Uber. My driver. roommate yeah. like does for Uber sure. Yeah. Of course, why not? I'd mm-hmm. I'd take that over catering any day for sure. There's definitely an atmosphere about being in LA and being in Hollywood where all this film and music history has just happened. Well, and it's a it is a dream eater too, though. Yes. I mean, this if if you don't if if you don't figure this city out fast, you, it will kick it'll oh, kick yeah. your ass. Like I'll joke around and I'll meet like some some kid or whatever out in like an industry thing, and and I'll be like, hey, hey, it's good to meet you. Like, let me have your number or something. And I'll be like, how long you been in town? And like, ah, oh, like four months. I was like. All right, hit me up in like a like another yeah, <laughs> like another yeah. eight months. Yeah. I was like, no new no new friends unless you've been here for over a year. Right, Because right, I yeah. I don't want to invest in you and then you go back to Idaho. I just I, I yep, can't do it. Because people are in and out of here so fast. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not that mean. I'm not that mean. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> it's true to an extent, though. Yeah. It, it really it's a, it it's so expensive to live here, and it kind of demands a work ethic. You know. Yeah. And, and your talent, yeah. your talent will not carry you through this city, it's, no matter how good you it's are. A combination, unless, right? Yeah, unless you're driven and 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 hearty, uh, this city will chew you up and spit you out. I've seen it. I've seen it. I mean, literally, you know, dozens and dozens of times. Yep. But but it's a great place to be if you're a creative. I've seen so many people come in and out. You know. I had I had a. Um, <laughs> I in I mean, look. I'm from LA. Right. And when I was first doing. Uh, uh, started doing voiceover. I I wasn't great, you know. I, it's when you're. It's the. It was the learning phase. I was. I was taking acting classes, mm-hmm. and I wasn't a natural born actor. I, I don't. I really don't know a lot of people who are natural born actors. Even the natural born actors. Right. You know. Even the Heath Ledgers. They go on a on a movie set and they get training while they're while they're sure. doing it. Absolutely. So, but anyway, I remember like. I remember like someone trying to um, trying to convince me not to do voiceover. Um, and uh, subtly, very subtly, right. like, like I, I expressed interest in something else else. And they were no. like, you know what? That's, you'd be really good at that. Right. It's like a sneak that diss. Thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh man. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Because, yeah. yeah. And I think because, I mean, the point being that because she knows how, you know, how brutal that how difficult it actually is. Right. <clears throat> 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was trying to save me from from the <laughs> you know, she could see like I wasn't uh, I wasn't necessarily bookable at that point. Like and so she was trying to trying to help me out, but but you remember those things and they fuel you they fuel you totally. for the yeah, future. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. And sometimes they're wrong. Sometimes those people are wrong. And sometimes they're right. Mm-hmm. And, and and you gotta you gotta learn some more. And it's the and that's another thing is being savvy enough to know whether they're right or wrong. Yeah. Because so, they'll have a ton of people tell you that you can't do it. And I, you know that yeah. that's a that's a common thing. They'll be like, you can't do this. You can't do this. And there's that old like you know like no, you can't listen to those people. You gotta go and get it. Right. And yes, that's true. But. Also, <laughs> yeah. if everyone's telling you don't do this, yeah. maybe don't it's not let, right for you. Right. Yeah, don't let your audition in American Idol be what tells you that you shouldn't <laughs> right, be a right. singer. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that goes to an extent for sure. Yeah. Like, but yeah, at the end of the day, I think everyone's meant to do something, you know? Yeah. Well, these kids, these kids come and ask us, how do you do this? when when we go to these conventions that's pretty much the first question we get asked the most common at least Mm -hmm. as far as voiceover uh, one of the things we like to suggest often is a site called i want to be a voice actor.com oh yeah and it's a site by a great great voice actor prolific guy named d bradley baker and he did like uh like some of his big stuff is he did he did um he's a voice of klaus from american dad oh wow and appa and momo from legend of core uh, not avatar. legend of core Ava, avatar, avatar yeah. yeah the last airbender but also <laughs> just a t- i mean so much so much work and he got asked this question so much he just made a website that he updates regularly <laughs> yeah. that it's totally free <laughs> and so now when he does that he just is like ah, go to my website <laughs> yeah. that's a really and the cool. great part and now we get to tell people, yeah, go, go to, to his, his website, website. Go to because website. it is the best resource that we never had as right. as voice actors, like trying to figure all this out. It's literally f- it starts you from the beginning and, and takes you through like getting an agent and auditions and everything. And and there are people that I know intimately well that that ask me advice on how to do this and the que- and, and oh, I know their work and I just go. I don't know what the path is for you mm-hmm. because my path was different than Max's. Everyone has a different path to the top. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and and you get to a certain point where it's just well, it's just advice and cr- giving blanket advice to someone you've never met before. Right. That's pr- that's pretty tough. Now, but do you I, think that the, the hardest part of the path was meeting peop- the right people, or do you think it was perfecting the craft, the or hardest? was that simultaneous? Gosh. Uh, it's both. I, I went through a period where I felt like I was ready and I had such a hard time getting my foot in the door. Yeah. I think that is that might be the most right. difficult thing. Like even if you hone your craft <clears throat> alone or however you're doing it. Yeah. There, I definitely see both sides of it though. Yeah. Yeah, ah. but then if you're not good enough when it's time it's like right. your Jeremy your Jeremy Lin moment. You know, <laughs> like some someone passes you the ball and this is your moment and if you're not ready to step up to the plate Right. I just mixed baseball and basketball yeah, analogies. These are sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, if you didn't say anything, I wouldn't have known. Oh, okay. <laughs> sports. Sports. Yeah, for real, to be yeah. honest. No, but, but like, it's like, yo, you get your moment. Right. Like, are you ready to You have to be ready this? to grab it, right. Yeah, yeah. totally. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a big it's part of It's like an age-old so argument of, of you, you don't need to have any ability if you know the right people, but I don't think that's necessarily... I don't think it's, I don't think yeah. it's true. Either. It's not. Nah. It's not. Uh, uh, you can know all the all the right all the right people, and uh, yeah. still it just never works out for one reason or another. Unless or you're like, for, unless yeah. you're like a a face to a brand, which is yeah. But even even then, even then you'll get exposed as a fraud. Right. Eventually, eventually. I, I think I, I think you'll lose I think the respect pe- of the whatever. Yeah. Yeah, your people will turn on you if if you're not producing good art for them. I mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I I don't think is necessarily a bad thing, you know. Right, everybody right. says everybody says, oh, everything's so superficial, or they only want to use you for this or that, and you go, well, no, you're an artist, and if you're not producing good art anymore, it's time to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. I mean, everybody has their uh, what do they call it? Moment. Whatever, fifteen minutes. minutes. Of fame. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fifteen. I yeah, think. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But we're, we're, I'm, try, I'm trying to stretch it out a little bit longer than that. Come on. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, you could also be fantastic. And just that's the sad and part. And never about make it, it right. And never, and will not even ever even get the chance. Yeah, never get you the can, opportunity. We know, we know, like personally, we know a lot of people, and we 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 know how talented they are, and it's frustrating. Yeah, when you know, 
And it's not even always just making the connections. Uh, I've walked people in the door to certain to, and given them certain of opportunities. I think they're ready for them. Mm -hmm. And it might not ever manifest. It's and that's, just, some that's, it's timing and luck. Yeah, and, that's where I, I go. Yeah, it's timing, luck, and but I always, I'm always like, I, I don't get it. it doesn't make sense to me. I kind of have to let that go because it's frustrating when you see someone so talented right. and for what for whatever reason they can't move forward and and take the next step. It's just it's. And it's but and to be fair, it's easy to and I feel the same way. But it's easy to say that from our position, yeah. right? Because we have we sit from an elevated position and go, I don't know how I. God, I mean, I kind of know. Yeah. Maybe I'll do the things for you that I did for me, and then they don't work for that person, and you go, right? Ah, then it's okay, your turn. Because yeah. then you can't exp you can't explain how to do it. Kind yeah. of. I mean, you and could tell you can set them on the right path, but then again, everyone like path for is me in YouTube, yeah. and I accidentally got into it. Like I, mm, yeah. I, I didn't really plot that out. Yeah, and and when it doesn't happen, I think I think one of the major things that where you go, you know, here's the f stuff that worked for me, and you give that to the other person, and it doesn't work for them. I think what it comes down to after that is just determination and the long that game, too. and yep. how yeah. long are you willing to stick this out for? I'm a firm well, believer that if you continue working at it, you'll get there. I mean, as to an extent of you're okay at what you do. Yeah. Yeah. But well, Max. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, Max knows this this story. Uh, you know, and I, I've told it before, but like. When I was deciding at 22 whether I was going to continue on to grad school or not, that was a big choice for me. Like, do I go through another three years of, of college, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I made a deal with myself. I said, well, if I'm going to dedicate seven years total to the craft of, of learning my craft, uh, when I get done, I'm going to dedicate seven years where I just go after it hardcore. Mm -hmm. And and that that deal had another end to it. If it if I wasn't making my living full time doing what I wanted to do in my craft right. at 34, I guess I would have been. I'm out. I'm out because I, I there were other things I wanted. Right. You know, I mean, in out of life that other than just art. And very thankfully, I was able to hit that goal a little earlier than it happened. But I was totally ready. I was like, I'm gonna go for this. So right. it gave me my motivation, but it also gave me an endpoint to where I was like. You know what? If I, if I crack this nut in seven years of school and seven years professionally, it's not gonna happen. I better sh shift my 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 shift your, make a yeah, make a pivot, change your sail yeah. direction or whatever they call it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's totally. A, there's a story of Dylan Francis who did a similar thing where he was in school and he dropped out and he told his parents like, if I don't make it in a year, then I'll go back to school. And then he gave himself one year. That's tough. Now we have Dylan <laughs> Francis though, so. Yeah. 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 Kind of huh. put, I guess, a, a, um, I don't know, a fire under him to to work yeah. fast and hard. Yeah. Which is cool. Well, and you've got a there's, you know, for for young people especially, like when you're in school or or whatever, you've got your parents maybe, but definitely your teachers and the school sort of at your back pushing you to do well. But then once you get set loose into the world, there's no one to do that. You can right. just as well just say, you know, just F off to everything mm -hmm. and don't do anything and just become a waste. Right. Or you can go for it. And how hard you go for it every day depends on what kind of fire you light for yourself because nobody I think else is going to do it like, for you. Yeah. The ultimate thing to take away is like you, you have to do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Regardless of what that is, you don't want to not enjoy what your, you know, your life. Yeah. Totally. You, I Absolutely. mean, you could be you can be completely broke and doing what you enjoy doing, and be more happy than you know. And that's yeah. that's kind of where the music thing came out of because right. I, I was doing some stuff that wasn't necessarily as fulfilling creatively as I wanted it to to right. be, and I decided that um, the career that I have allows me it give it you know I have a lot of extra time when I'm not in sessions yeah, when you're not or I'm not session. auditioning. And I wanted to fill that somehow uh, with something, just something that I purely enjoy doing, mm -hmm. and that was music. And mm -hmm. um, and even like I said, like even if it's not something that becomes um, something that's lucrative right. or or turns into a separate career or something on its own, it's just something that I have for you the enjoy. rest of my life right. that I enjoy doing. Yeah, you know, my 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 fiance knows me so well. And when I start to get grumpy, it's not because I'm, you know, for any other reason, 
other than I'm not creatively fulfilled. fulfilled and it sounds right. and it sounds weird to hear a person who is working full time say that they might not feel creatively fulfilled every day, even though you're doing your art every day. Uh, it's just not the way it works sometimes, because when it becomes your job, yeah. you know, some days are better than others. You know, I mean, yeah. and yeah. And Absolutely. you have to have something else that that feeds you. And right now, that's for for us. We that's why we do these live shows because it's comedy and improv and live that's shows. Really cool. It's it's why Max wants to work on music. Like I'm working on a children's book right now. Like wow. it's just you have to you just have to have something that that drives you forward. And and it, and it doesn't mean that what you're doing day to day is any less. You're not getting any less out of it. Yeah. But right. once you've done it for a certain amount of time, like. I think that's a, a big argument why a lot of musicians, like, you could argue that some musicians, their albums definitely get better and better and better. Some, they get worse some and worse and worse. Some, they get progressively worse because they feel obligated to do so. Yeah. Or to follow yeah. a specific style that they've established. Whatever the motivation is, right. you know, it, it comes from mm -hmm. it comes from somewhere. And I made a joke about Garth Brooks and Chris Gaines <laughs> earlier, but... I, there's no way you would do something that weird with your career unless you had to. Right. To mm. be that mega famous to sell a hundred million like albums of like I think it was one album, you know, and then to take do a huge pivot and do this weird persona with a whole different kind of music and like all of midlife that. Midlife crisis. <laughs> yeah. Right, exactly. but it had to come. Yeah. It had to come from somewhere. He must not have been b feeling fulfilled somehow. Mm -hmm. So, so you know, you do something creative, really, really risky. But I bet you one thing for sure. I bet you he does not regret the time he spent as that persona. Right. He, yeah. uh, there's. I mean, yeah. So, to wrap things up, guys, I just wanted to ask you: Do you have anything specific to say to the audience? Uh, these are musicians, obviously, people that are coming up in music and music production, but in a similar kind of vein of media. Do you have any advice for upcoming musicians or artists that, I don't know, are trying to get into it or um, just life advice in general? Yeah. Well, there's this sort of old adage of, you know, sort of being nice to everyone because you don't know who they'll be. Yeah. You know, I think that's a big thing when you're an artist is making a good impression every time you walk into the room. Right. And that definitely doesn't mean being fake at yes. all. Yes. I think you have to you have to be you. Nobody wants like this cheesy persona all the time. But um a lot of our job is like brightening up the room. Making right. sure the people that we're working with have a good day. Making sure you you remember your engineer's name. You, yeah. you know, you know all, all of that stuff because in the end, they're the person that makes you. Yeah. You sound good. That's a big part of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean, I feel the same way. You know, I've I've met some people that um, that don't have the greatest attitude um, in both. You know, in every every everything in music and also in you know the acting realm. Mm -hmm. Right. And I just don't. I just choose not to be around those people. Yeah. And so yeah. if I feel that way about someone else, hmm. then you got to imagine that, you know, if you don't carry around a good attitude with you, then mm -hmm. you're, you're turning off turning people off to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that's definitely not it. I mean, like how you treat people is, is a huge part of it. Yeah. I think you got to have artistic integrity, Yeah. but also be open to outside to, influence. Yes, absolutely. I, I've, I feel like that was part of some of my growing pains mm. were was um not self over self confidence but You're like set um, on doing things your way. Yeah, and I was mistaking artistic integrity with stubbornness. Right. And uh and not listening to people who you know, your director's not always right. Your producer's not always right. Sometimes you got to fight for what you know is right, but other times you got to let your guard down and at least try something different Get out and of your you might zone. Yeah, you might find yourself in a, and I think that applies not just to acting. I think it applies to all, to all industry, art. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You gotta be tough though too. You gotta be able to take criticism. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's a tough one because people are gonna, people are gonna shit on your work no matter what. Especially now with our internet culture that we have. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't. Everything's a mile a minute. Yeah. Everything's a mile a minute. Everybody's got an opinion, and and it's made the and internet. Now everyone's anonymous. So. Yeah, right. And it, the internet has made everyone an anonymous critic. So you know, when I do a piece of art, you know, <laughs> if like 
seventy percent of the people like it. I'm like, whoo, yeah, solid, yeah, like <laughs> great. Uh, and and yeah. because even if you, you gotta have thick skin, skin, even if you're saving children um, from a you know a, a school bus that's go, about sure. to run into the river, you're gonna have five dislikes on that video. Why? Right. Yeah. Right. Why is there are there dislikes? You're saving children. Yeah. People just like to watch the world burn. Yeah, I suppose. I really so. believe. I I really do. Some people do. I think. Yeah. But uh, I would also say that like um, being thick skinned is is good because you're gonna have a lot of rejection, yes. and and it'll only make you better and stronger and and tougher. You know, we do probably what 500 auditions a year a couple of hundreds of auditions a year mm-hmm. and you know if you're booking you know five or ten percent you're Woo! you're killing on it. fire right. you're on fire right you know what i mean and it's uh, the same with music too label sure. submissions and stuff like that yeah if every yeah. year you get like five or ten percent of your tracks in the top 40s yeah they're doing great <laughs> you're doing you're fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> good luck with yeah. that yeah yeah <laughs> Clearly, we don't know much about music. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to learn a little bit a more. A little bit more. Just a little bit more. Uh, um, awesome, guys. Do you have any final words, uh, Max? Stay in school, kids. Don't do drugs unless they make you better at what you do. Uh, you can you can find out more about us uh, on Twitter and the Instagram. Those uh, links will just... be in the description of this podcast, by the way. Hey. Meow, 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 meow. And, um, yeah, I, I I don't have any good advice for people. Just what Robbie said. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, you said you're, we, we said good advices. Don't yeah. listen to us. Watch One Punch Man. <laughs> sure, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but most of all, just, uh, just keep making art out yeah. there. Yeah. It's, it's so important, especially in these dark days that we've got good people out there making music and drawing great things and, and pouring their hearts out in the acting world. Be creative, follow your heart, do what feels right. Don't yeah. don't conform to to something if if it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. Just just keep making what you love. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, I want to thank Robbie and Max for coming on to the podcast today. Make sure to check them out in the description of this podcast. Um, thank you for listening slash watching if you're on YouTube. And uh, I am Julian of Julian Gray Media. We will talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Peace. A drill.